This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AM570, an LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred, Fred Rogan. Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete, on AM570 LA Sports. Still are giving away a pair of tickets for the Clippers-Lakers tomorrow night at the Crypt. You'll be in our suite, our guest, our show. Would love you to be a part of it. So please keep listening on this rainy Tuesday, and you'll have an opportunity to win. We'll give you a cue to call. We'll do it between now and uh, 3 o'clock. Also, next hour, David Vasse will jump on the show. Little hot stove. GM meetings are underway. What's with the Dodgers? Now let's bring on our NFL insider, Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's raining here in Vegas, too, so uh, we're getting the same kind of weather. No, that's just the uh, the spirit of Al Davis crying there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going on, too. Yeah, that, that's that been a bit of an issue. Okay, Vinny, let's get to the Rams. Uh, you know, over the weekend, Sean McVay said, some things are going to have to change here. We're going to have to change some things up. Is he sending out a veiled public plea that we need a receiver, we need OBJ? Well, they definitely can use OBJ. Um, There's no doubt about that. Um, But they also need a running game. They need an offensive line to play better. Um, Obviously, they couldn't get it done late in the game defensively. Um, I mean, you'd like to think that OBJ would make a big, uh, you know, uh, difference, but there's, there's, there's a lot of parts of this roster that need upgrading right now or just players to play better or to get healthier. So, um, yeah, I'm sure the Rams, I'm sure Sean McVay would love to have OBJ, but I'm not sure he makes the biggest difference uh, right now on, on this team. There's a lot of issues going on with the Rams. Yeah, but if the issues, and we know they are, the offensive line, and you're not going to drive down the street and pick one up at a bus stop and put them on the field, what can you really do? Not much, um, except, you know, wait for guys to get healthy and then uh, drop better and, and attack it in free agency. The other question you have to ask is, if you're OBJ, is this where you want to be now? You know, uh, the, the the Rams are on the outside looking in. There's some other teams that are in a much better position to play for, um, you know, bigger bigger prizes than the Rams right now. And, and would your focus be on the Rams? Or it sounds like the Dallas Cowboys are in that dance, and I'm sure some other teams are going to be in that dance. Uh, maybe there's a better... There are better situations for OBJ as well. It's weird to say that there's better situations in the rounds, but if I'm OBJ, I'm looking elsewhere too. Yeah, because I'm going to say, right now, it, yeah, it'd be nice to be here. You're here. Great. Wouldn't you want to go somewhere where you have a shot at the playoffs, a shot to win? Because as you point out, it is the Rams on the outside looking in. And given what's going on here and the schedule they have, how much better can it get? That's the question that I have. Um I think that he makes a difference. He's still going to have to work his way back into it and 
you know, get fully healthy and, and, and be ready to go coming off the injury that he had. Um, so I'm just wondering, even from his perspective, am I going to make that big of a difference uh, on that team, maybe crawl into the playoffs perhaps? Or can I go someplace where I could be the difference maker between winning a Super Bowl or not? Uh, Vinny, Matthew Stafford, let's look at his year. It's okay. It's not great. Is that a function of he has nobody to block for him and he's running for his life? Or is that a function of maybe last year was his good year and this is more the norm? I think it has more to do with the former. Um, I think when you surround Matthew Stafford uh, with, you know, protect him well, he's not a runner, so you're going to have to protect him. Um, you know, and, and he's got to have better weapons, you know, on the, on the perimeter. So if you're, if your blocking is in top notch, uh, there's, there's guys where he can get the ball out too quicker, um, to, to mitigate that. Uh, he needs a running game. I mean, he's, he's a quarterback that if you put, you know, the right talent around him, obviously he showed last year, um, what he could do, uh, you know, leading this team to a Super Bowl. But, you know, even, even he had some bad moments last year too, the, with the pick sixes down the stretch and they, you know, they kind of, stubbed their toe a little bit down the stretch, and he was the, he was one of the main reasons for that. Fortunately, he was able to get it uh, together and, and, and lead them and play, play good enough quarterback for them to win a Super Bowl. But I think it's a little bit of both. I don't know if he's as good as, um, you know, one of the top three, four or five quarterbacks in the NFL. He could definitely win you playoff games. He could get you the Super Bowl. He could w- help win a Super Bowl. But he certainly can't do it all by himself. There's very few guys that can, obviously. But in his case, he needs a lot to go right for him to be playing at his best level. All right, let's switch over to the Chargers. Vinny Vontignor is with us. And, uh, well, I, you know, is it mirrors? Is it smoke and mirrors? But they somehow, despite the fact they find themselves down in most games, are able to come back. They survive Atlanta. But do you now have defensive concerns about the Chargers? Yeah, and I think, you know, um, is it sustainable? That's the question that I have, you know, having to come back and it's not like they're playing these great teams necessarily. Um, you know, nobody's, you know, talking about the Atlanta Falcons as one of the real good teams in the NFL. So the fact that you're even having to fight and claw and scratch to beat those types of teams, um, while it's great that you won and, you know, hopefully you, you, you stack enough of those together until you get it together and are playing your best football. But, I don't know. You know, to me, it's disconcerting that that you're falling behind to some of the teams that they're falling behind uh, to, and and having to, you know, miraculous comebacks or get it turned around, whatever the case is, just to beat these types of teams. How far is that really going to get you? Because eventually, you're going to have to play the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see what's going on um, with Josh Allen and, and the Buffalo Bills, but you're going to have to beat good teams. And falling behind the way they do to some of the teams that they have, if you do that against the good teams. They're going to make you pay. Yeah, and, of course, the Charger-Kansas uh, City game has been switched to Sunday night. So that's going to be the national primetime game that week. I, I don't know. I-, I thought they had such a good roster. They're all banged up. But I thought they had such a good roster. And then Justin Herbert got hurt earlier, and then they suffered injuries along the way. Uh, I think it would be really disappointing and frustrating, Vinny, if uh, they come up short and don't make the playoffs like they did last year. I agree, and, and, you know, that Kansas City, I know it's at home. I know it's, um, you know, uh, uh, in Los Angeles against the Chiefs. Um, but the way the Chargers are kind of having to, to, to play right now, and as good as the Chiefs are, and they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, um, but you would hate for the Chargers to kind of get waylaid on national TV that way. 
uh, and kind of be exposed. Uh, to me, that's that's you know when when they play the Chiefs, um, you know, to me that's that's going to be a, a real litmus test for them. If they can if they can either win that game or put up a really good fight, um, it'll tell us a lot more about where they really are because it's hard to tell against some of the teams that they're playing. So you hope that when that opportunity comes about, um, they're going to be they're going to be ready to go. All right, Vinny, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that's the silver and black. And let's talk about Derek Carr, who is Mr. I am Mr. Raider. I am company guy. I am I'm positive. I'm going to keep everything together, um, trying to keep everything in-house. But he says like a little encrypted message when he says, I shouldn't say this. At least I shouldn't say it out loud. There's got to be a lot of issues going on in that locker room, Benny, at, at the Raiders. Yeah, uh, there are. And, you know, um, and I talked to Devontae after the game on Sunday, and, you know, he was pretty clear about the fact that, you know, there are times when the coaches have to do their job better, just like the players do. And, you know, I know it came across as he was, you know, making a dig at Josh McDaniels. Um, he made it really clear in our conversation, and this is kind of how he rolls. He's a class act you know um that hey i'm not he didn't mean it like it's all their fault and none of our fault it's all of their faults and he he definitely um uh you know pointed that out including himself missing a uh, a pass in the middle of the field on a, on a crucial uh drive late in the game but his whole point was look there was something that we were doing that was working to get up 17 to nothing and then we changed it up why did we change it up you know why didn't we just stick with what was doing what we were doing uh, and play that card, which obviously was him in the first half grabbing nine catches for 146 yards and two touchdowns, uh, and the Raiders building a 17 nothing lead and then a 20-10 lead uh, at halftime. Uh, and I get his point, and I think Josh McDaniels gets his point as well. But on the other hand, he did still get eight targets in the second half. They couldn't run the ball. That was the biggest issue. And even when they were having success, throwing the ball to, to Devontae, it was kind of in spite of an offensive line that really wasn't getting the job done. So there's a lot of issues with the Raiders. I think it, it first and foremost starts with the talent around that core. The offensive line has not come along uh, as, as it should have, as it was expected to. Uh, the defense, short of Max Crosby um, and, and Nate Hobbs, a, a good second-year cornerback. Outside of that, it's just guys that are out there do you know, doing their job, not at very high levels. Chandler Jones has been a huge disappointment. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of issues going on with the Raiders right now, and I think it starts more so, uh, and I think if Devontae Adams is being honest, it starts more so with um, just uh, a lack of real impact talent around some of these core players that they have. They've got to upgrade the roster uh, in the next offseason or so. Uh, otherwise, they're going to be facing these types of, ty- types of deals for, for a while now. And you look back at last year's Raiders team, yeah, they won enough games to get to the playoffs, uh, but they had to go on a miraculous five-game winning streak where they kicked three-game winning field goals, and the Chargers had to falter the way they did just for them to sneak into the playoffs. So on paper, it was a playoff team, but it w- wasn't really a playoff team, and I think that's what they're trying to figure out now with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the new general manager. They just released Jonathan Abram, um, you know, a, a 2019 first-round pick. Of their last six first-round picks, only one, only one player has made an impact, and that's Josh Jacobs. And four of them are no longer on the team. Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs, Alex Leatherwood, and now Jonathan Abram. That's just bad drafting. And eventually your roster is going to 
feel that pinch, and I think that's what I think the the, the new regime here is feeling right now, and they're going to have to overcome it. They're going to have to make some major changes uh, to, to to be able to have the necessary talent around Derek Carr and Devontae and Darren Waller. Those guys are great, but the core right now is just not where it needs to be. I mean, the uh, supporting cast. All right, Vinny. Uh, in Indianapolis, welcome to the table, Jeff Saturday. A guy that's had absolutely no coaching experience. Now, I'll say this. I saw the news conference with Jim Ursay. Uh, announcing Jeff Saturday, and Jim Ursay looks like he's a crazy man sitting there. I mean, I looked at him and, oh, my God, this guy looks like he's nuts. Just nuts when he's talking. Was he nuts for hiring Jeff Saturday? Uh, Yes, definitely. And uh, I personally like Jim Ursay. He's gone through some stuff. (laughs) Let's put it it that way. Uh, I think everybody understands. I do wonder what the end game is here. If this is just sort of a kind of playing for the future and trying to uh, maybe secure a higher draft pick. Uh, B, I think he, I think he needs. I think Jim feels like Jeff could be a guy that observes and watches and listens and tries to help him figure out and basically the uh, the whole organization who's going to be on this train moving forward and who's not going to be on this train moving forward. Um, I think the crazier, th- I mean, first of all, it's crazy. There's no, I mean, you hire Jeff Saturday from ESPN to be your head coach, and he's basically been a coach in high school. Come on, that's nuts. Um, I think it'll be even more crazy if he is retained at the end of the year. I think at, at this point, all I can believe is that it's a stopgap um, and try to get, you know, somebody that's trusted in the building to kind of figure things out and sort through the, through through things, report back to the owner on, Hey, this guy, yes, that guy, no. These guys, eh, I wouldn't, uh, you know, stick with these guys over here um, and help them along that way, in, in that particular way, uh, on their way to go getting a, another head coach. But if they do, yeah, but but, but Vinny, if if, yeah. if but Vinny, if if, if, it, if that's the case, why? If you're Jeff Saturday, I don't think he would take that job if he didn't think that I could have this long term. I don't see why anybody that would take this job in the middle of the season when it's a disaster in Indianapolis, not thinking in the offseason I'm going to have a chance to kind of build my own staff and do what I want to do. He's got to be thinking that I, this is an opportunity for me to be uh, uh, the head coach of the Colts for the foreseeable future, don't you think? I, You would think, but if you're just Saturday, do you accept that job on an interim basis? Or do you say, if I'm going to come, I'm going to come with a contract like right now, like a like a like a three four year contract. I mean, he he kind of walks into the thing, eyes wide open. Uh, and and here's my thing: if if that's if that was the plan, then why don't you just give him the four year contract now? Because it sounds like to me it seems more like a stopgap. And maybe if they do really well, um, you know, you can you can revisit that. Uh, but if you're not going to give this guy a contract at this point. Um, you know, going outside the building to bring this guy in to be your interim head coach. Usually the interim co- head coach comes from within the building somewhere to go outside. 100%, and, 100%, which makes it crazy, yeah. you know, and I do, I know Ursay as well. I don't think he's, he's not, he's certainly beats to his own drum and I happen to like it. Yes. Um, but, but, but this is a, this is a crazy move that I don't know how, I don't know how the, first of all, the players and react to it. There's going to be animosity, and certainly the remaining members of that coaching staff have to be pissed. 
that they because the normal transition of things is that the next guy up, whether it be an offense, defensive coordinator, special teams uh, coordinator, somebody within the staff moves up and becomes an interim coach. How does Jeff Saturday go in with all these coaches there and take over without those coaching feeling like slighted? Like I got pushed. Reggie Wayne was on that staff. Former receiver Reggie Wayne was on the coaching staff or is on the coaching staff. How do you think those guys feel? Well, not only that, Rodney, but if he's in there in sort of a, um, you know, uh, kind of like a, um, you know, just eyes and ears of the owner type of a uh, type of a role, how much trust is he going to get from everybody else? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. like Gus Bradley yeah. just got there. Gus Bradley just got there. A lot of that, you know, staff just got there, especially the defensive staff just got there. And then all of a sudden, just like last year, Gus was in the same position last year when they, you know, with the Raiders when Rich Passaccia was named the head coach. Now, at least in that case, it was a special teams coach, you know, ascending to the head coach. They kept their Greg Olson as the offensive coordinator. They kept Gus as the defensive coordinator. It kind of went on that way after the whole John Gruden thing. But in this situation, um, if you bring somebody in from the outside that has no working relationship with any of these guys – um, and they're looking at him thinking, are you here as the eyes and ears of the owner? And do we got to be careful around you? What kind of trust factor is there for that? So, yeah, I would be really uneasy if I was an assistant coach right now on, on that step. Vinny, before we let you go, final question. Jets 6-3, and three, are they for real? I, I mean, I, I, I think they're doing a great job, and I, and I, and I really think Robert Saleh is doing a great job. I just have a lot of reservations about their quarterback situation right now. I don't know yeah. if he's ready, uh, if that quarterback situation is ready to uh, to, to hang in there uh, and and get them, you know, uh, into the playoffs and, and then beyond. There, it's a great story though, and it shows you what great teaching and and some really good drafting that the that the Jets have done in and around uh, the young quarterback. You hope that he gets it at some point and becomes the star that they hope he will be. But they're kind of winning in spite of their quarterback right now, and that's usually not very sustainable in the NFL. All right. Vinny, appreciate you jumping on. Great stuff today. All right, guys. Have a good one. You too. There goes our buddy Vinny Bonsignor. Uh, well, the Lakers are in, in the midst of an excavation process. You don't hear that very often. Oh, man. Excavation process. Excavation process. Damn, Fred. So we will dig up the digging oh, when we get back. Oh, Fred. Now, your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Win. That's win. Enter it now. Do it. AM570LASports.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. 
Bringing you LA's best sports talk weekdays, noon to three. Rogan and Rodney. Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's keep it moving. Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan on a beautiful Tuesday, a rainy Tuesday. But sometimes when you don't get it very often in Southern California, it becomes a beautiful thing. And I love the rain. I don't mind the rain. I don't mind it either, Fred. No, I don't. I don't mind it. <laughs> okay, so it's been raining. It's been raining for the uh, Lakers all season long. LeBron raining threes? No, it hadn't been raining that. It's been raining losses. And uh, David Ham says, this is an excavation project. The excavation process of building. Turning the team back into a winner. It's going to take time. LeBron didn't play last night. Uh, he's got a bad foot and he's been sick. We know AD. Got a bad back. Can't play a whole game. And we know Russ. And it was really never Russ's fault in the first place. You can see that now. Because Russ can play. Coming off the bench, he's fine. So if you look at where the Lakers are right now at two and eight, you've got to start to wonder to yourself, when will the club, if this doesn't turn around pretty quickly, stop making excuses? When do you remove this veil? This veil of this is how we do it. This is when how you say make excuses, Fred, what are they making excuses for? What do you what do you mean? Well, they're not talking about making excuses because they're losing. I'm saying the approach, the overall way this team is constructed. That, you know, when do you say, we goofed, we made a mistake. Never saying that. What we've done in the past doesn't work They're anymore. never saying that. I don't know anybody that says that. Who says that? Who says, oh, we made a mistake in this free agency thing. Boy, we whiffed on that one. We are terrible. I, I, I probably could count on one hand over the different leagues of teams and organizations that have said, we flat out missed. Now, some may do it with the action, but they're not going to say it. They might gotta, they're not going to say it. They might do some actions, which they've tried to say, look, we messed. They, they tried to trade Russell Westbrook, but they're not going to say, hey, we messed up on that one. We, 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 we missed on that one. Yeah, well, you know what? Now, once he's gone, they just say that's, it's just writing on the wall. Kind of like what uh, just popped in my mind is uh, Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen in the first round, 10th pick of the draft, and within a year shipped him out to draft Connor Murray because they were like, Okay, that's not we, we we missed on that one. We got him out in one year, um, but they're not going to come out and say, "Hey, we we uh, we screwed up the team." Well, Which what, they did. Okay, what they should say is, "This doesn't work. Our approach doesn't work." They're not going to say that. Why but would what, they say that? Well, because it's true, and because I think people have a right to know, and I think the no, fans they don't. Sure, they do. At, at eight game, ten games in, they're going to say this does this doesn't no. work. I okay, said, fan base, I this said, doesn't work. No, I said if this doesn't turn around, and quickly, when five games, ten games, twelve yeah, games, if two you're games, two and fifteen, I think it's time to say we got a problem. We goofed. We messed up. We had a bad plan. I think no. they owe that honesty to the fans. No, if this continues they're this never going to say that. No, you're still playing. What does that say? That, uh, you still got games to play. You still got to finish. You still got to be professional and go finish the season. Oh, I'm not the saying they don't team, finish the season, you. but what so they need to put, do. Who are you saying saying that? Darvin Ham and, and who no. else? Rob, I think, Rob Polinka I think Rob that? Polinka. I think Jeannie Buss. Not Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham's got to coach these guys. Exactly. Exactly. But I think, I think that Jeannie Buss needs to say, you know, we goofed. We, we're not getting it here. We've made a mistake in building this thing. We have LeBron. He's getting older. He needs more help. 
He's still very good, but he's not as he was 15 years ago. Great. He needs more help. Still good. We went and got Anthony Davis. Granted, he had injury problems in New Orleans. We didn't think that was going to continue. You know what? It continued. So we got one guy we wanted to take over that's got a bad back or a bad whatever, and he can't play a whole game consistently, 100%. And we have LeBron, who needs help and is getting older. LeBron has become an incredibly important, I believe, complementary piece on a really good team. He goes to any good team, they win the title. That's how good he is. But he needs help. And they don't have help for him. And this mindset that we're going to keep higher, we're going to keep signing these players. They've got names. They've been here. They'll put butts in the seats. People Ooh. want to see a winner. They want to see a winner. The Dodgers won 111 Who's games. Who's putting butts in the seats? LeBron. That's why and they kept signing. He did bring him. you a championship. That yes, that's true. And the Dodgers won 111 games, and nobody was pleased with the fact they got knocked out of the playoffs. That was then. The Dodgers won a championship too. This is now. This is this is now. And now I still, I still don't know what you want them to say. You you, you want Genie Bus to come out and say we we messed up. Yeah, I we do. screwed up in yeah. the middle of the season. We made some miscalculations. Never. And, and by the way, we have been making them. Never happened. You fix the problem. You don't have to announce. You don't need. You don't need to announce. Hey, we screwed up on this one. We screwed up. You do it with your actions. You you. You do it by actually making a trade, actually redoing the roster. But they're never going to, and I wouldn't even suggest that they should come out. Hey, uh, we screwed up on that that guy. We screwed up on this guy. We should have never did this. We should I'm not going to do that. Nobody does that. Let me ask you this. As we sit here right now, and you have the right to change your mind, fair? You can change yeah. your mind. Mm -hmm. Are they going to make the playoffs? No. <laughs> Well, listen, take some time and think about it. Don't don't <laughs> no don't just jump in and react. <laughs> no take don't some time. need any time. Don't need any time to think about it. No, absolutely not. No, they, they have no shot. I mean, think about the way they're playing now and think about the teams that they're playing that are so much better than them right now. And uh, look, we, we went into the season talking about, okay, it's going to be, you know, Golden State's going to repeat, although they're struggling too. Uh, Clippers, you got to get do with deal with them. Dallas, you got to deal with them in the West. You got to deal with Denver and Jokic in the West, and Jamal Murray's back. And man, Phoenix, you know they'll get it together. They got a good squad. Oh, guess what? Utah's pretty good too. Oh no, how, how are they going? How are they going to make the playoffs? Okay, if they don't make the playoffs, they're getting manhandled by Utah. Right, a team that basically. Has very good players, but no it star. They traded their it stars away. So they could rebuild and try to get the number one draft pick, which this plan is not working for them because they're playing too well. But maybe that says something. And you mentioned this earlier, Rodney. You know, a good team playing together, all together, without the giant egos. They can win if you have the right talent, and they can during the regular season. When you get to the playoffs, now it might be a very different story. Yeah. Could be a really different story. But during the regular season, they can win. But the problem is we can't even worry about the playoffs for the Lakers because they can't win during the regular season. True. Again, if this doesn't work, what will? That's why I'm saying 
this is messed up. They've got to start again. But that's obvious, Fred, it's messed up. We all know. We can see it. There's no secret. There's no there's no mystery that this is a screwed-up roster, and it doesn't work for LeBron's skill set and what LeBron brings to the table. You know? It, it does not work. There are no pure shooters on this team. Forget about Russell Westbrook. All right, we know that. That that was not a very good deal. But then but the, but you don't have anything else around that is from a consistent basis that can knock down shots. Night going into a game every single game. You got to know you got two three guys that can shoot. And one guy may be off tonight, but you know you got two other ones that can knock down shots. Who tell me who that is on the Lakers? I have no idea. I'm just being honest with you. I have exactly. no idea. Exactly. I don't know. In the meantime, the Clippers come back to beat uh, Cleveland last night. Quietly, they're starting to turn things around. Uh, Paul George is playing exceptionally well. And you're getting to a point now, despite the fact we were told it'll be soon. Kawhi Leonard will be back soon. Don't say we. What do you mean don't this say we? your sources that told you Kawhi will be back yeah. soon there, Fred. <laughs> yeah, why are you trying to include yeah, us uh, in I there? Didn't, we didn't say yeah, anything. We were asking you. Yeah, we said you heard. soon. Yeah, I heard it from a blog. Somebody else said it, so I'm going to say it and make it mm -hmm. true. Yeah, I, I think I can speak for all of us in this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can. Can you? Yeah, I can think you? so. I think in this one I can. But the point is, even when you guys ask soon, when is soon? And I'm well, soon. It's, it's sooner than later because I got it from a very good source. Where is he? He's still not back. I mean, the team now is Paul George's team. Kawhi is the the other guy. When they came here, it was Kawhi and Paul George. Now it's Paul George and Kawhi's the other guy, if and when he gets back. And I'll tell you, if I'm a Clipper fan, and they won last night, they beat Cleveland, but if I'm a Clipper fan, and you look at what they're supposed to do, and you see the depth they have, and you understand what the expectation were, was, I would, I'd, I'd start to get pretty upset if Kawhi Leonard didn't show. If they can't win a title. And they won last night, which is great for them. But you oh, know they can't win it without Kawhi. They can't. They, he's got to be a significant force. Yeah, he's got to be them. Kawhi. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would start to get pretty frustrated with this because everything is built around him. Now it's Paul George, but Paul George needs help, and that help Kawhi, Kawhi gets a pass. Kawhi gets a big pass. What do you mean? Maybe because he's quiet. Look, we ride Anthony Davis. Yeah, we do for for being injured and being hurt, and we just kill him here in L.A. Um, but yet Kawhi kind of goes under the radar. Kawhi doesn't doesn't, doesn't get uh, doesn't get the 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 anger or the you know the viciousness that that Anthony Davis gets from the media and from the fans about him not playing and being in you know Mr. Street Clothes and all that. When in essence, Kawhi is just as much of Mr. Street Clothes as as Anthony Davis is. The reason Kawhi doesn't get that is because Kawhi plays for the Clippers. It has nothing to do with Kawhi being quiet. It has to do with the fact that he plays for the Clippers. If Kawhi played for the Lakers, he would get it too. He would get it just like Anthony Davis. The Clippers aren't to a point yet where they're mainstream, they're top of mind in this market. A championship will help them in their growth, but they're really not there yet. And if you say they are, you're not being honest. You're not being fair. They're just not. They're not top of mind. 
even though they're in the conversation, even though many consider them the favorite to win the West, not yet. They've got to do it. And I think that's the difference, Rodney. If they were actually in this market, top of mind, then I think Kawhi would be getting what Anthony Davis does. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I agree with you. I mean, there's more eyeballs and scrutiny on the Lakers, the Dodgers, USC. Uh, it's just the way the town works. But still, uh, you know, at some point, especially this is a, to me, this is a very critical year for the Clippers to, and I know they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year and everybody's like, well, well they did it without Kawhi. This is a year they got to, at some point, they got to get over the top. It's kind of like we were, you know, when we were going through the, the the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin era. It's like at some point they were exciting. They were great during the regular season. Um, but at some point you got to take it to the next level. And I feel that time has come for the Clippers now. Uh, we have still not given away those tickets for the game tomorrow night. Clippers and Lakers, our suite, our show at the Crypt. And we would love you to be there. So stay with us. We'll give them away between now and three o'clock. And uh, first he said something he shouldn't have said. He's now turned around and said what he should have said the first time. And it's hard to believe what he means. We'll explain that. Tomorrow. A pizza Zubat punishing the rim once again with a right hand. It's round two in the battle for L.A. as the Clippers and Lakers square off for the second time this season. Don't miss a moment of the action as Clippers Countdown begins at 6 p.m. right here. The official home of Clippers basketball is AM570 L.A. Sports. They share a house but not a home. Right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much. Yes. Speaking of which, traffic. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is your partner, Big Boy! Big Boy's Neighborhood, Real 92.3, and you're listening to a Hall of Famer, host, philanthropist. This is my big homie, man, Rodney Pete, and the man who thinks that Post Malone is a reference to an NBA era after the mailman retired, Fred Rogan. Yeah, Ronnie, I hear you. Man, before I knew that they didn't sing that, I liked that song. Then you didn't. I, I mean, the Poor song Billy is still nice, Billy. though, right? It's just, it is. The song is nice. But I was just the talking to Ronnie. Nice. It's like you can't hear this and not laugh, you know, yeah, every time. Exactly. <laughs> and what was Rodney's reaction? He immediately exactly. started to laugh. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Okay, Billy David. Vanilli, huh? Come on. Yes. David Vancey is going to join us here. <laughs> Bottom of next hour. GM meetings underway. Also giving away Clipper Laker tickets for tomorrow night. Stay with us. Topic of baseball, Perry Manazian, the general manager of the Angels, has spoken. You know, last year during the trade deadline, uh, and the topic of Shohei Otani came up. And would they trade Shohei Otani? Do you remember what he said? Hey, listen, if somebody calls, I'm answering that phone. Yes. I will answer that call. I will. You call me about him, I'm picking up that call. Okay. Of course, you're going to pick up the call. You're going to answer the phone. But you're not going to tell everybody you're going to do that. You're not going to make a public proclamation for a team that is struggling, a fan base that is 
discontent, a club that is going to be sold ultimately, hey, you call me, I'll be right there. What are you offering? That would be like Jeannie Buss going, oh, LeBron James, you give me a call, you call Rob, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Well, no, you don't say that, even if you would talk about it. And the reason they would talk about it is because Otani would not want to resign with them because they put such a bad product together around him. All right, so now we signed a one-year deal for $30 million. Now Manazian is at the general manager's meeting. So the question became, hey, you're gonna gonna talk to people about Otani? That phone rings, you're gonna answer it? Now his response is, there's no way. I'm not talking about that guy at all. He's not going anywhere. I will try to sign him to a long-term deal right now, even though we don't have an owner. I'll do it. I, I will go for it right now. Now, <laughs> the thing that is so funny to me is that initially he said what he shouldn't have said. Now would be the time for him to say, okay, well, if he's not happy here, we'll explore possibilities. But he did it the exact opposite way. And the way he did it the first go-round, I think, really inflamed things. Now, keep in mind, he's the guy that just called up Joe Madden or went to his house. Joe got a mohawk to try to change the team's luck. I never got to show anybody because Manazian showed up at his house and fired him in the morning one day. And how did that turn out? Not much better. No. Not much better at all. I think maybe whoever owns the team needs to take a look at the general manager down there as well. Well, I think the owner's probably going to clean house, don't you think? Whoever comes in, whoever the new guy's going to be. But they're in, a, they're, in a, they're in a situation. What can you do? You don't have an owner. You got one leaving. Uh, you know, he's talking, I want to sign him long term, but how do you? You, you, can't, you don't have a green light to do that. You have a green light to offer him anything. How do you sign him long term? And if you're Otani, he's like, I gave it a chance. I gave it a shot. But man, come on. I want to be in the conversation. He watched it. He watched the stars come out in the World Series and in the playoffs and see all the love that Bryce Harper got and uh, Hoskins got and all those, you know, Altuve and Pena and all those guys got for playing in the World Series. He wants some of that love too. And his love will be global. Yes. Global once he plays in the playoffs. So. Yeah, he wants that. And he can only take so much. Then you got to try to get out. He mentioned Otani did. He believes there's five or six teams that have the uh, finances to be able to sign him. He's realistic. He knows Pittsburgh is not going to be a destination for him. Or Tampa Bay. No. He knows there are only certain clubs with the money to be able to sign him long term. Obviously, the Dodgers being one of them. And... I think, you know, save your money if you're the Dodgers. Well, they can spend all they want, but save your money. And then he hits free agency, all bets are off. So between him guy. and Aaron, him, Aaron Judge, you taking Aaron Judge, you taking him? No, God, no. I'm taking him. <laughs> I'm taking between him and Trey Turner, and we love Trey Turner. I'm taking him. Between him and anybody, I'm taking him. And can you imagine what that would do for him if he played just up the road? Oh, jeez. Well, we just talked about global. Yeah, he would be a uh, massive. He'd be, let's see, 
Um, only because his personality doesn't doesn't lend to it yet. But but yeah. But even if he did a little bit, if he did ten percent, he said, "I'm gonna give you ten percent of my PR personality, be out there a little bit." He'd be a big star in town. No question about it. I ask you this: If he gave you ten percent and he was playing for the Dodgers, and he was playing well, okay, we'll factor all that into it. Would he be the biggest star in town? Or even though he's a baseball player, would he be the biggest star in sports? Period. If he played for the Dodgers, played well, and gave 10%. Think about, yeah, just think about what Aaron Judge did, how big that was playing for the Yankees, and he's him doing that for the Yankees. And he does that for Minnesota. He does that for Cincinnati. It's a guy chasing 62. It's great. Okay. But he did it in New York, which made it every, I mean, it were, Think about it. It, it, it. Not sports stations, news stations would stop and cut to his at-bats at the end of the year. I saw a, a CNN cut to his at-bat one game. And, and, and that's what happens when you play in a market like that. So, yes, if he played for the Dodgers and kept on the same trajectory as he's doing – yeah, it would. He would. He would be a megastar. Um, trying to think bigger than. Mm. Okay, let's do this. Let's Hard just, to think more bigger than you know. Say you know, LeBron, Steph Curry, those ba- the basketball guys that have okay. you know, their faces show all the time. It's hard. No, that's fair. That's fair. But let's use LeBron as an example. LeBron in this market. Uh, if Otani plays for the Dodgers, plays like he can, and gives 10% of himself more, which you suggested, for the Dodgers, he's a bigger star than LeBron James. Period. The end. The, the, Wait, nationally or here in L.A.? All right, we're going to start here in L.A. All right. I might want to give you bigger uh, here in L.A. more so than even internationally. Yeah. I'll give you that. No, we're going to st- – well, and also understand LeBron – if, if he were to be out there a little bit, like like I said, 10%, he would have to do more than 10% to be a bigger star. Yeah, it's still baseball, by the way, which just in general yeah. doesn't do a great job of marketing its stars, even if it's the biggest personality ever. That's why yeah, he would have to do more on his own. He, As you say, Rodney, he's got to yeah. be out there. Yeah. He would have to do his part. He would have to do his part. And and even still, with baseball, it, it would, it's, it's just a different animal. It's just a different animal. I mean, think about it. Who's the, who's the biggest name in baseball? Biggest star in baseball. Aaron Judge, right? Bryce Harper, probably, yep. too. Yeah. Do they compare to, to the top five basketball guys? Not Judge even maybe. close, right? No. no even Judge right? doesn't. Even Judge doesn't, yeah. You compare to Giannis and Steph Curry and no. No, but I think that Otani is such a unique character. And if he's playing here and if he puts himself out there and he performs – and he's marketed properly, I, I think he sets a whole new standard. I do. Because he's so incredibly unique. Yeah, but is, is he uniquely charismatic? Well, that's what we'd have to find out. Yes, because that's a huge difference. Okay. He could be a fantastic player on the field. He's doing something that nobody's done. Yes. But is he is he going to be... That guy in front of the camera that people fall in love with and go crazy about.
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.